What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma, sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, it's been a wonderful day. It is now, what, nine, almost 9.30. When was the last time we did a 9.30 podcast? Never, because usually once it gets past 8 o'clock, you start bitching and complaining that you're tired and want to go to sleep. Wow, that uh, very honest there. Thank you for that. I'll be honest. You know, I'll be I'll be honest, Dominic. I'm very happy that we're even doing this podcast right now. I had my doubts, but you gave me your word that we we're going to do it. I don't know if you gave me my word that you're going to, you know, do the entire podcast. But damn it, you're here, so I will take it. I'm glad. You I mean, Dominic. L- let's be honest. If I was to shoot Tyler a text right now, he'd be ready to go. So you can do whatever you want. If you want to tell Tyler to come join then Tyler can come join. But I'm not going to make that move. You have to make that move, Dominic. We'll see. It depends, you know, it de- I heard, I heard it depends the, how the, long we go. The, the fans loved him. If, I have my research. I have my analytics. When you mean fans, you mean fan. And that was what, Haley? Haley, number one fan for curveballs and chair shots. So, I mean, so then, yes, I could understand why. I mean, we're making fans. connections out here. Haley asked us a question. Tyler seemed like she was a nice lady and he reached out to her and it seems like they're in a nice relationship right now. So shout out to, to Tyler and Haley. Nice, happy couple, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the shit. Oh, I'm just trying to delay it so we can go like three hours and Dominic can fall asleep on the podcast. But first we will start with some MLB news. Francisco Lindor. We've speculated and talked about what his future will look like with the Cleveland Indians, and it seems like that is coming to an end. There are multiple sources reporting that multiple teams are interested in trading for Lindor, and the Indians are dead set on trading him before opening day. Dominic, as I said, we've speculated for months, even thought maybe he could have been dealt this year. Do you, well, I think the answer right now is he's going to get traded, but where do you think Francisco Lindor will end up? Who do you think? Okay, well, let, let me ask you this question. What do the Indians desperately need to succeed? Because, I mean, I think they're overall, they're a pretty decent team. I think their pitching could use a little bit of help. So then I'm looking at who could benefit from Lindor and who will the Indians pitching-wise get. If it's prospects, if it's draft picks, if it's, you know, a veteran. So my money is he's going to be heading east. And it's going to be New York, I think. I think New York will give up, oddly enough, give up something. I don't know what. It's probably going to be some prospects. I don't think they're going to be giving any, any key, anybody key away. But I, I feel like that's where he's heading is going to be that way. So you think he's going to sign with the New York Mets? Hot take, Dominic. I don't think I've heard that one yet. I mean, I, I, I you know, I said New York. I, I didn't, you know, may, maybe both. I, I don't know which one just yet. 
I think the Yankees are obviously a place that could land Lindor. They have the draft capital to sign him. We kind of saw what happened with Mookie Betts last year. But you asked me what should the Indians try to get. I think you need to get a replacement, maybe not exactly a shortstop, but I think you want to get a marquee prospect. And you're probably going to get two or three different players for him, maybe throw in another person. But I think it helps the fact that there's multiple teams interested. So that can kind of drive up the price because when teams know that you want to trade this person, then that's going to bring it down a little bit. But because he's such a high caliber player that you're going to have multiple teams kind of bidding for him. And I mean, it's Francisco Lindor. He's one of the best players in the league. So I think no matter what you're giving up or whatever you're trading for, Lindor is obviously the best piece of that trade. So I think people are speculating the Yankees, you know, big market teams like the Dodgers. I don't think the Dodgers need him. I think Corey Seager showed that he's a damn good player and he can be good for a long time. Now the White Sox, you know, that's a possibility. I don't know exactly what teams are looking for. If they want to put him at shortstop, maybe you can put him at second. I don't know, but uh, should be fun. MLB uh, free agency has kind of officially started, but it's going to start picking up in these next few weeks. we got Trevor Bauer, kind of the big fish out there, and he's having some fun with it, you know, tweeting and saying that he's going to leave it up to a poll or whoever, whichever fan base follows him the most on Instagram is the team he's going to sign with. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. I, I'm just waiting to see what happens with the A's. Is my, and I mean, not, not trying to just, you know, I know more about the A's than I do anything else in ba- well A's and Giants, but that's pretty much the most thing I know about baseball. So, just waiting to see what they do, what the Giants do, just to you know. Come on, Don. No, We're a national, international podcast. We can't just be homers and talk specifically about the Bay Area teams. True. Okay. True. I can't wait to see what you know the uh, Cincinnati Reds do in this offseason. Big, big, big stuff going on. There we go. So we did talk a little bit about the Mets. The Mets have some big changes going on in their front office pretty much their entire team because billionaire steve conan cohen has purchased finished the purchase of the new york mets and he has cleaned house he's fired the gm cleaned out most of the front office members so the mets getting a fresh new look with their new owner the mets i mean travis did pick them to make it to the world series they have pieces now are those pieces enough to get them there do they need more pieces? Do they need better people teaching or coaching up those pieces? Dominic, what do you think with this new management for the Mets? Can that put them over the top or is it just going to be the same old Mets? I really want to say it, they're going to work out those pieces and find and you know get this machine running a little bit better. But part of me, I think it's just going to be the same Mets for a while. I mean, you got to get, you know, I, I can't even name... I can probably name two players on the Mets, and that's it. So, I mean, you you really got to – And which players are those? Uh, Thor. That's Noah – what, Syndergaard, right? Okay. And – no, Cespedes ain't on the team anymore. I didn't, no, no, he's on the team, but he didn't play this season. Uh, let's see. Is Panic still on, is pa- Panic still on, the, on the Mets? Is he, is he still on the Mets? Well, we all know that we are – a Joe Panic podcast. And we should know what team Joe Panic is on. And currently, he is a free agent, as it says. But the last team he played for was the Toronto Blue Jays this year. You know what? I think the A's need to sign Joe Panic. Great pickup. Great pickup, I think. Anyways. But, yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, 
definitely going to be the same Mets for at least a few more years. I definitely see them, you know, drafting and, and trading in the future. So I, I, I'm not going to say success right off the bat with this new, with this new management team, but definitely success in the future. I just have to throw it out there that you did not know or remember that Jacob deGrom, arguably the best pitcher in the world, is on the New York Mets. See, I but it's one of those things where it's the fucking Mets. I mean, let's be honest. When we did our little draft special with Draft Order Hell, I kind of just fucking went on Google and typed in, like, you know, five top players to win the Cy Young, five top players to hit, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I did a little bit of research, but I don't remember shit. What Dominic not remembering shit? That's crazy. Fuck you. Anyway, so moving on, more baseball to talk about. Not exactly. We're not the Gold Gloves Awards was this Tuesday, and we're not going to go over all the different people who won. I think I just kind of wanted to go over just the idea of having the Gold Glove Awards on Tuesday, the same night as election night, the biggest television event in the history of television, it seems like. And MLB decided, you know what? That seems like a good time to put on one of our award shows when there's no sports, you know, usually going on in the next couple of weeks. So we could have put it on next week, but no, let's put it on right now. And literally nobody watched it. I maybe caught a glimpse, glimpse of Javi Baez talking a little bit, but besides that, didn't even know what was going on, to be honest. I mean, I, I didn't know it was even televised. So I was, I mean, goes to show you what I know. But, you know, I, I think people expected this election to be, you know, a lot bigger. I mean, shit, Nevada can't count to 10, it looks like. So, you know, they probably were thinking, you know, yeah, election will be over within two hours. But that didn't happen. That that never happens, Dominic. You know, we don't you want to get, po- get political on this. Brandon, podcast I, I'm just trying I'm just trying to make it seem like, you know, like, oh, it's going to be a lot quicker because, you know, it's going to be such, you know, someone was going to win by such a big landslide. But then, you know, now it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, someone I, 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 I know, know is going to get pissed off that. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, or I think or, you know, something like that. So. Yeah, I think this just shows goes to show you the the leadership, whether it be Rob Manfred or whoever is in charge of booking these times of like, do you really think that's a good idea? I, maybe ESPN paid a pretty penny to put it on that specific day, but that we're trying to grow the game here and put in one of their awards. Yes, it's not the most prestigious thing. I mean, let's be honest, who really watches these? We just wait to see what the update is on the internet. But I was literally going to ask you that. It's like, is this something that you actually watch start to finish? Or is this is it like, oh, look, it's on. I'll see it for a few minutes and then turn it off. To be more local, you know, if, if there was an election, I probably would have went out of my way to like tune in to win Matt Olson and Ramon Lorian were nominated and see if they won or not. But that really, I mean, for the most part, I don't really pay attention to those. I'll like maybe like the big ones like MVP and Cy Young, I'll maybe tune in for a little bit, but. I think it's just kind of a, one of those little things, death by a thousand cuts when it comes to the MLB of just these little things we see not exactly having all their shit together. Yeah, well, I think I'm kind of used to it by now. And now we got some news that we talked about last week, but now we're here. We're on the brink. We're, you know, we know what's going on in the world of sports before it actually happens. So we have Alex Cora has been officially named as the Red Sox manager, I guess you can call him the new Red Sox manager. He took a brief one-year hiatus after he was suspended for his participation in the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal. 
We talked about this last week. It came out that him and Sam Fold, former Oakland Athletic, shout out Sam Fold, were the two front runners. Didn't exactly know where it was going to go, but they came out and announced that he is back this year. Do you think they rehired him just because of the fact that he's, you know, already has ties to the organization or was he the better fit for the job? I, I don't exactly know what was the main reason for why they would rehire them. I know kind of from the outside looking in, it's not the best look in the world, especially because the, the year after in 2018, when they won the world series, there was allegations of something or another going on over there. So then to bring the same guy back in, not, not, not the best look, but you know, he seems like a nice guy. People like him. The organization probably likes him and Boston, not the same team in 2018, obviously without Mookie Betts, they were not a very good team this year, arguably the worst team in the league. So it is a steep hill to climb. It's not the 2018 job he took over a few years ago, but uh, I, I think people in Boston and, you know, the team is probably going to like it, but I think from the outsiders, they're kind of rolling their eyes and like, really, you know, if you're taking this thing seriously, then don't rehire him. Would you have, would you be feeling, I'm not saying this is how you feel, but you know, if, Let's say he got hired head coach some other team, just like how AJ is is with the uh, Detroit Tigers now. Would it? Would you think it would be the same kind of feeling of like, oh well, you know, he was with a scandal, but he's with a different team, or is it because he was with the same team? Do you, would you know? Is there still any? I think resentment? because he is on the Red Sox, it makes it worse. I think even with AJ Hinch, people are like, oh okay, it's the Tigers; they're not going to be going anywhere. But really, you know, he, I mean. It's just like how it should be in real life. You serve your time. You should be able to rehabilitate your your career and everything like that, and it shouldn't affect you too much. But on the other hand, it's like you could go out and you could find some maybe people who don't have a big mark on their record like that, like Sam Fold. I mean, I, I don't really know too much about Sam Fold. I don't know what he's like as a person or as a manager coach. He could have been okay. Maybe you bring in somebody else in the organization, but uh, Alex Cora, obviously he had success when he was the manager. I think he has the fourth most wins through his first two seasons as a manager. So obviously he was very successful, but he also inherited a pretty good team. And that's not the Red Sox that we have thus far. So uh, it might be a little bit of a punishment for him to kind of take those lashings, those losses next year. Sort of have to wait and see. Then Justin Turner, the MLB concluded their investigation and they pretty much just said exactly what we said. They didn't, well, they didn't find him. There was no punishment on Justin Turner, but the MLB came out and said that both parties were at fault. Yes. Justin Turner shouldn't have done what he did. He, you know, should have kept the mask on. He should have stayed in his little bubble, but then obviously the MLB was at fault by not quote unquote corralling him and, everything else surrounding the situation. So we, we get the news that the statements from all the parties involved came out today and nothing happened. So I think MLB is just kind of, you know, saying they did their investigations and trying to sweep this on the, under the rug and hopefully everyone forgets about it. I mean, they, they did admit that, Hey, it's his fault for not fucking being an adult, our fault for not stopping him. So what are we going to do? We can't find him for us not doing our job. So I do respect the fact that they, you know, kind of, you know, they made it known that, Hey, we, everyone fucked up. You can't blame him. You can't blame us. You blame everybody. Let's move on. I like it. 
But I will still state that if somebody does get sick and dies, you know, I would blame MLB and him for it. So let's just hope that, and no one's come out saying they had it yet. So let's hope it stays that way. Hopefully nobody gets the run. Cause apparently there's also a pregnant wife or girlfriend that was on the field there as well. So that would not be a good look. Now moving on to the NBA. They have officially agreed upon a 72 game schedule set to start on December 22nd camps will open. I believe either December 1st or very beginning of December, LeBron James came out and had a screenshot of a sports center graphic that had the shortest times in between the starts of seasons. And obviously this uh, NBA between the two uh, NBA seasons will be the shortest ever in history. And he had kind of a face palm emoji. So maybe LeBron James showing his frustration of the short time in between, but it was voted upon the players association. They agreed upon it. It seemed like it was inevitable. And here it is. I mean, let's be honest here, dude. Yeah, you just want it. You don't have as much time as to, you know, relax and spend time with your family and do stuff. But it's also COVID. You can't really, I mean, I mean, hate. I don't really want to bring it up. But, you know, look at the Kardashians going on trips and shit. They're getting fucking shamed for it. You don't really want to be fucking shamed on taking your family on trips during, you know, we're still technically... You know, we're not on lockdown, but we're still, you know, we still got to be careful on where you go and everything. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, get a short time, you get right back to work, go on another championship, and then hopefully things by then will be, you know, a little bit better, a little bit longer uh, off season next time. Hopefully there are no hiccups because this is not going to be in a bubble. It's going to be a regular season with no fans in attendance, presumably maybe. Uh, towards the end of the season, fans will return. And this also affects WWE because they're supposed they are running in the Thunderdome in Orlando, the home of the Magic, and they have to find a a new place. So, if you want to sprinkle in some wrestling talk right here, Dominic, where do you think WWE will land now that they're going to be kicked out of the Thunderdome? Could they just do like a AEW thing and find a uh, an arena that you know doesn't? host a team or I have heard that they're looking at different places, but the thing is that they need to find like a big enough arena to supply the Thunderdome and all the technology and aspects that they want in the arena, but it has to be a arena that doesn't have an NBA team. So it's kind of one of those things. The Cow Palace. I mean, it really doesn't matter. We're not going to go to any of the shows anyways. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to take all of their shit from Florida and move it all the way across the country. I think there's some arenas in between they can find, like in Texas. I mean, or Nashville. Fuck Texas. Go to California. All right, Dominic got some hot takes about Texas. But he loves Washington and Idaho. Dude, it was fucking amazing, Brandon. Oh, you, you know, you and Tyler are going to come sometime. Yeah, next trip, you and Tyler... Share share the blow up mattress. Me and Mary get the guest room and big dogs in the in the in the master suite and we have fun. What is there to do in Spokane Valley, Dominic? That we can't uh, do here in California. Um, I mean we we can literally walk down to the Spokane River and just, you know, hike and you know, be outdoors, breathing fresh air. You know, we can go, you know, hope maybe the border to Canada be open by then. We go to Canada. Eh, I'd rather go down and get shit-faced to Mexico. Yeah, I'd rather go to Canada. So we can do both. We can go to Canada and then, you know, in like 20 years, go to Mexico. Deal? Deal. 
we were supposed to go to Mexico like last year, two years ago, and that never, never came to fruition. Well, that was because I haven't, I wasn't, wasn't plane trained yet. You know, mm. we had to go to Vegas first, and then now to Washington. So I'm slowly moving up. Vegas was about an hour. This is about a two-hour plane ride. For next trip is about three hours. And then I'll take you to Madeira for a, like 14-hour plane ride, and then like a 16-hour plane ride back. You can suck my ass. If I do that, does that mean you're going to come? <laughs> yeah, I probably would, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah? I know. What else is going to make you come? The records from last week. Dominic, you went 9-5. and five. I did not do so well. I went 6-8. and eight. So Dominic has scratched and clawed his way back. He's only a game behind. He is at 76-45. Oh, and one. And one. Oh. I am at 77-44 and one. Now, Thursday night, Green Bay Packers take on the San Francisco 49ers, handily defeat them, double up their score, 34-17. Both teams coming in with some injuries, some COVID-related issues. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers are just destroyed with injuries. They have the graphic up that every person who had a touch, an offensive touch, in the NFC championship game was not on the field, whether it be either not on the team, which is only one and everybody else was injured. Hate to see it. And then green Bay comes out, shit kicks the 49ers. But I, I think we're going to focus I, green Bay. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to win the division. I think we want to focus more on the 49ers in their future. There's a lot of talks right now. Jimmy G out for the season with a high ankle sprain, a different high ankle sprain in a different spot. Same ankle, but different spot from what he had earlier in the season. George Kittle out for eight weeks, presumably out for the rest of the season. He's saying he can come back sooner than that. But there are some speculation of possibly Jimmy G not being so long here in the Bay. Matt Ryan, a free agent, former Kyle Shanahan disciple, led him to the Super Bowl. Some other free agents out there, some trade bait, maybe Sam Darnold. Dominic, what do you think with Jimmy G? We've talked about this multiple times throughout our careers. I, I don't understand why that is even up for speculation. They traded to get Jimmy, and he went down for a season. Can't really blame him. Set, comes back, leads him to a phenomenal season. Phenomenal. Went all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe – you know, it wasn't his best outing, but give him a fucking break. Mahomes was crazy that year. Third season, you know, Super Bowl curse, whatever you want to call it. You know, I called it, don't you know? Don't want to gloat, but I called it. Yeah, you, I, you did. No, give you give you know, Pat, Pat's for Patrick. Um, but it's it shit like this happens. I would give him another season or two to really to you know. I would at least give him one more season. Give him one chance to show him that this is just a fluke. And he's he's high caliber quarterback, and then if that doesn't happen, then you start you know playing with the possibility of maybe he's a backup now, you know, or maybe you send him away somewhere or something like that. I mean, it kind of the same thing happened to Kaepernick. He came in out of nowhere, kicked ass, went to a Super Bowl, and then everything went downhill after that. So I I think they just need to really, you know, give him that one fair chance before they start you know playing with the idea of trading him. I think I've said it multiple times. I'm not the biggest believer in Jimmy G. You even said it. He's been with the team for three years, three and a half, including the trade. But two of those years, 
he's been injured the entirety of the season for the most part. And he's no spring chicken. He's, I believe, like 30, 31, something like that. And yet he has only played like maybe two seasons worth of games, two and a half seasons worth of the games. And it's like at some point, it's almost time to just cut your losses and try to find a different place. And you can also say last year that maybe the 49ers team overachieved and maybe instead of winning, I think they went 13 games. Maybe they should have only won like 10 games, 10, 11 games. And they they got hot at the right time, made it to the Super Bowl. I think they were going to lose regardless to the, the Chiefs because it's the Chiefs. But I think you you look around. And I think at this point, you want to have one of those, maybe not elite, elite guys, because that will cost you a lot of money. But Matt Ryan kind of passed his prime, but I think a pure passer, probably better than Jimmy G. I am a big believer in Sam Donald. If you can try to trade for him and kind of get him out of that shithole that is the New York Jets, I think he has much better upside than Jimmy G. But that's that's just me. I don't think you're going to go out and draft a rookie. I think you want to get somebody established that's been in the league for a few years to just plug and play. Cause I think if you get a rookie, you have a high chance of it not succeeding right away. And I think this team is kind of built to win right now. So if, if you, if you were Shanahan, who would you want? Would you want someone like Ryan who's passes prime or would you want Donald that, you know, has the upside? Who would you want? Would you want somebody you've worked with or someone you hasn't worked with? I think Kyle Shanahan is kind of a, a tad bit egotistical to where he can, he believes in himself that no matter who he has a quarterback, that he could mold them and put the right scheme around him to lead them to the promised land. I think that's kind of why maybe he's kind of gotten a little more than what Jimmy G should have gotten out of him. And I think with Matt Ryan, he's comfortable with him. He knows who he's going to get. And then back to that original point, Sam Darnold, he believes that if he brings him in, he can get the, the best out of him. And I firmly, firmly believe that's not just my USC bias showing, but uh, I, I'm not like a hundred percent certain that we're going to get a quarterback change in San Francisco, but I think with the amount of money they're paying him and the lack of production literally on the field, because he's not playing. I think you gotta, gotta look around and be like, do we really want to be spending this type of money on a guy who isn't playing a lot? And even when he is playing, he's not exactly lighting it up. That, that's very true. And the other thing I want to want to bring up is would you keep Jimmy G or is this, or is he literally trade? Are they trading quarterback for quarterback? Or if you have the opportunity, I, I don't to exactly sign. know how everything works, but I would assume you would like wave him or cut him or something like just, you know, pay him out. You wouldn't want to keep him as your backup. I think at that point, uh, egos will clash and there's going to be feelings will be hurt if you get Matt Ryan or whoever to take Jimmy G spot, I don't think Jimmy Jimmy G has been the backup for his majority of his career. I don't think he wants to be another backup and be behind a guy that they replaced him with. Just asking, just asking. Well, after all of that shenanigans, let's get into everyone's, I guess, second favorite segment. I mean, it was the second favorite segment. I don't really want to go as hardcore into the, into the I mean, slogan. You, you, you said last week that everyone knows who's everyone's real favorite segment. So we can't have two favorite segments. <sighs> I don't remember what I said last week. What did I say last week? You thought that, you know, Mr. X's questions of the weeks is everyone's favorite part of the podcast. I mean, everybody who listens, which is it, like it, it like was that, person. you know, it was that weird, clean Washington air that was just polluting your mind. 
Oh, yeah, because I'm back in the bay and I'm all dirty. But it's time for Dominic's Picks. Bump, bump. We get a AFC South divisional matchup. We get the Houston Texans traveling to Jacksonville who are coming off of a bye with a new quarterback. I probably should have typed that up beforehand because Gardner Minshew will not be the quarterback of this team. It will be Jake Lutton, a rookie quarterback starting for the Jaguars. Houston looking pretty good after the firing of Bill O'Brien, the GM and the head coach. Dominic, do you see them continue to roll or does Jacksonville pull off the upset with their rookie quarterback coming off the bye in a divisional matchup? It's going to be Houston. Let's be honest here. You got a rookie quarterback with a Jacksonville offense that's maybe not really that good. So I'll go go with Houston. And I will go with Houston as well. Then we have the shit can of a divisional matchup. The New York football giants travel to Washington to take on the football team. Dominic, somebody, I mean, I guess they could tie, but someone has to win this game. Who's that one going to be? That one will be the Washington. Ooh, almost said it. Almost said it will be the Washington football team. And why do you think that? The you know, Giants, it, the Giants put up a good fight against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You could say they were looking past them, but there was promise there. There was promise, but I feel like Washington is going to be that sneaky, that sneaky good team to, on on that day. So I'm going to go with Washington with, uh, you know. Shitty defense, shitty offense, but just enough to win the game. So we've had a we've had this matchup earlier in the season. It was in New York, obviously, and Washington was at the goal line, scored the touchdown, went for the two pointer to win it, and they came up just too close. They did not get it done. Uh, I, I do believe that wa- this will be a close game. It should be a fun game to watch. But I will fade you. I will go with the New York Giants just to be different. And I think that's kind of why I got into this predicament in the first place, going under 500 last week. But I do think that this is going to be a close matchup. And yeah, the records might not be very good. Maybe the football might not be that good, but it will be a close matchup. Then we get the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Ravens coming off a tough loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hang tight with them. Lamar Jackson continues to struggle. Some costly turnovers possibly would have led to points on their side and they wouldn't have to have that end game drive that unfortunately came up just short for them taking on Indy comfortably won against the Colts good defense on both sides some questionable offenses on both sides as well Dominic did you just say Indy won against the Colts Colts Lions they're the same exact thing I mean, a colt is a colt, you know, a colt is like horse. A lion is like as big as a horse. They're both blue and white. I mean, I guess like the lions (laughs) are like blue and silver. Oh my God. (laughs) It's so late. Okay. Uh, You're not the only one who's tired. All right. (laughs) I'm sorry. I could have said Uh, the Baltimore Orioles take on the Indianapolis. There's no indie baseball team, is there? Damn it. The Pacers. There you go. The Orioles take on the Pacers. <laughs> oh, I'll go. I'll go with the Orioles or the Ravens. I will go with them as well. I, I think that they've been struggling a bit on the passing side of things. Mark Ingram, I believe, is still out. And uh, maybe hey, 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 there's a chance he could play. There's a chance he could play, but I highly doubt it. So I would start J.K. Dobbins, but I don't have him. I do think that the 
running backs are a little easier to decipher if you're playing fantasy to start if there's only two of them i think jk dobbins is really good and if mark ingram isn't there to take up the lion's share or you know a third of the carries that if jk dobbins gets the work he is a really good quarterback or running back see almost fucked up again but i caught myself i will go with the ravens to get the win then we get the detroit lions traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Matt Stafford has been put on the COVID list due to a close contact testing positive. Thus, thus far, he has not tested positive. So uh, there's a chance, a good chance, as long as he tests, ne- tests negative, not symptomatic, that he will play in this game. I don't know if this will matter. Minnesota, really good win. I mean, I guess I could say Dalvin Cook, a really good win against the Green Bay Packers last week. And it's finally, that's that's the team I was hoping that they would be. But will they continue to be that team at home? As Cook, if Cook cooks, then you got a victory for Minnesota. So I'll go with Minnesota. And I will go with the Detroit Lions. I think Matthew Stafford will show up. He's a pro. He doesn't need the, I mean, it's, COVID season, you're not going to really have too much practice. And yeah, Kenny Galladay is out, but I think that that passing attack will be enough to uh, stifle the Vikings. Uh, This might be going against my gut because I think Detroit is definitely a worse team than Green Bay, but it's not a divisional matchup. And he threw the division matchups out the window. All right. Then we get the Chicago Bears taking on the Tennessee Titans. The Titans coming off a loss against the Cincinnati Bengals, which Dominic did rightfully predict. The Chicago Bears coming off a loss of their own against the New Orleans Saints. Both of us kind of think the Bears aren't exactly as good as their record would show. That offense definitely stalled out against the Saints, but the Titans' defense is not what they used to be, not as stingy as the Saints, so maybe they can get their offense off the ground, but I'm still going to go with my Titans. Dominic, what say you? Let, hey, shh. Um go with the titans i think they get their shit back together then we got the carolina panthers taking on the kansas city chiefs panthers beating the falcons on thursday night last week and the kansas city chiefs covering against the new york football jets last week beating them by i don't know more than 19 and a half points which is just still not shocking but kind of shocking at the same time but i mean Carolina, I think, are are better than what people kind of give them credit for. But I, I still am going with Kansas City because it's Kansas City. Kansas City because it's Kansas City. I like it. Hashtag analysis. Then I'm going to assume Dominic is officially going with Kansas City, but I think this is at the point of the podcast where Dominic is sick and tired of talking, and he's tired. No, I just have the studio on next to me fucking shining a flashlight in my eyes, and it's pissing me off. Then we get... A, uh, a fun matchup, an interesting matchup. The Seattle Seagulls take on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. The Bills still continue to struggle a bit offensively after their hot start. Seattle comes out and shit kicks the 49ers last week. So two seemingly high-powered offenses against two uh, below-average, at least in terms of expectation, defenses. So this could be a fun, high-powered, high-scoring affair, Dominic. Will it be? And who comes out on top? Ah, hmm. Brandon, I want you to give me the answer this time because I'm feeling Seattle. But yeah, you know, fuck your analysis. I'm going to go Seattle. And this is where I would want to differ from you just to be different. 
but I don't know if I should be playing defense and just keep picking the same as you. You know what? Fuck it. I'll go with the Bills. They're at home. I don't even know what the weather's like out there, so it might be terrible. It might be a running game type of day. Chris Carson is questionable. He might play. He might be out. Actually, I think I just saw that he's out, so him and Carlos Hyde. So they're going to be running with their uh, their bums out there, but I will go with the Bills to finally get back on track. Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Ross, or John Brown, and all those other boys over there. You just fucking shot yourself in the foot. Watch. I'm going to win all, like, I think you picked, like, two, three different teams. I'm going to be fucking leading next week. Then we get the Denver Broncos traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Drew Locke, he puts on Forest City, and he put on a comeback against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are the Falcons of the West Coast in terms of blowing leads. Dominic, can Drew Locke do it again and take and beat the actual Atlanta Falcons? Uh, is Jones still playing or is he out? Calvin Ridley is the one dealing with a foot injury. He is much more of a question mark. I believe Julio Jones is playing in this game. Dominic, why do you have some inside information that I do not know about? Yeah, Julio Jones is the bitch. I'm going with Denver, baby. And I will go. With Atlanta, because shout out Atlanta, shout out Georgia. I'm riding with you. I don't care who you're going to play. I'm picking you to win. And you're not going to blow comebacks, this comeback. Yeah, anyways. Uh, Speaking of the Chargers, the real Los Angeles Chargers host the Las Vegas Raiders. The Vegas Raiders beat the Cleveland Browns last week in that terrible, windy game. But they came in on top of some ground and pound with Josh Jacobs. He returned to form. A little tougher matchup in terms of the front seven with the Chargers. Chargers should have won the Broncos. They're at home. So much friendlier conditions for Derek Carr to throw the football. Dominic, I think I know where you're going with this. If you know where I'm going with it, then where am I going with it? It's Dom- It's called Dominic's pick, so Dominic has to make the pick. I want Brandon to call the pick that I'm going to pick. Well, Dominic and I will both go with the Las Vegas Raiders. I know I've been a little down on them. I kind of fade them all the time, but uh, I do think that this Trent Brown still a question mark. Unfortunately, he got some air bubbles while taking an IV. So there's just something with the doctors over there in the AFC West that just don't know how to handle needles, I guess. But uh, I will go with the Vegas Raiders to get the win here. Then we got a matchup of two fun young quarterbacks to a, Tonga Vailoa and the Miami Dolphins travel to Arizona to take on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals didn't really get a good sense of what Tua can do a kind of weird game against the Rams where the Dolphins defense was just destroying poor Jared Goff they score uh, a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown they get a kick return for a touchdown and they pretty much got another defensive touchdown but they got stopped at the one and so Tua didn't really like to do too much He didn't light it up when he was on the field, but Arizona may be a little more friendlier matchup. Dominic, what do you think uh, Tua would do here? Um, I'm not a fan of his. I'm sorry. I have to say it. Is it it because he's a lefty? Exactly. But uh, I think Arizona... We are not leftists on this podcast. As a half half lefty. As a bi lefty. (laughs) Whoa. Sometimes I'm lefty, sometimes I'm ready. Just defend, just depends on what I'm doing. Usually if I'm like grabbing something, like grabbing a shaft or a, you know, nice piece of wood, I, I you know, I'll be left-handed. I, I think uh, we need to 
have a conversation about your uh oh, when I gotta, you know, grab the ball and throw the ball huh. around right handed. You have to talk about your terminology later, but I will go with Arizona. I feel like they're just the better team. And you know, the Dolphins are still trying to find the the right fit for a lot of different positions. Dolphins, very, very good defense. I think they showed that against the Rams. I think Arizona is a much higher powered offense than the Rams. So I will go with Arizona, but I do think that this could be a, a sneaky good matchup to watch here. Then we thought maybe this could be in a really fun game at the beginning of the season. And this is just a, uh, this, this will just be sad to see. It's going to be a, a massacre, I assume, which means Dallas will beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. The Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Steelers. As I said, Steelers beat the Ravens while the Dallas Cowboys are coming off yet another loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Dominic, uh, does Dallas have any chance whether they start Cooper Rush or Gil Gilberg, whatever the fuck his name is? I hate to quote it, but there's no chance, no chance in hell. So, no, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Garrett Gilbert. Gotta just make that name out there. Shout out Ben DiNucci. Not doing the gimmick this week. I'm sorry, Tyler. Or maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. Is it the accent I was supposed to do? The Ben DiNucci? That one? Yeah, well, Dominic, obviously don't listen to the podcast. I don't. Because you would assume that there would have been some extracurricular activity added to the podcast. What? So you do podcast enhancements without telling me when I've been trying to do this for a long time. Like I'm like, oh, we can sprinkle some magic here, sprinkle some magic there. And you're like, oh, that's a lot of work. But but now you just do it and you don't even tell me. I see how it is. Well, I did have like an hour layover in between hosts. So I had some time to go. You kill me inside. Uh, Dominic, are we both going with the Steelers? Correct. Yes. Then on to the primetime matchups, a divisional divisional matchup. Easy for me to say. The New Orleans Saints travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. This is a rematch of the week one matchup where the Saints won. Seemingly, both these teams are much different. The Buccaneers will be getting Antonio Brown. And maybe the New Orleans Saints will be getting uh, Michael Thomas, actually. I think I just saw something. I put it up on the Instagram. Go follow us on the Curve Building Church's Instagram. Both Drew Brees and Michael Thomas will be playing in this game. So, Dominic, which wide receiver returning slash debuting will make a bigger impact, and will they lead their team to victory? It will be Antonio Brown because him and Tom Brady are like ketchup and mustard, peanut butter and jelly. Um, uh, I bet you're going to go but- like hot dog and ketchup and onions. It, ooh, even better. Ooh, so tasty. Yum, nom, 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 nom. But Antonio Brown coming back is going to just elevate everyone's game on Tampa Bay. So I'm going with Tampa Bay. Thus far, Antonio Brown has not just completely destroyed his reputation again or the entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. So I guess that's a good sign. I will go with my New Orleans Saints once again, mainly because I kind of not because I have to, but because I want to. Uh, the Buccaneers did not look good against the New York Giants. But as I said, I think that was more than looking past the Saints, especially on a short week going from Monday to Sunday night. So I think this will be a good matchup, and I would not be shocked if Tampa Bay does kind of what they did 
against the Green Bay Packers. Now, moved on to Monday Night Football. The New England Patriots take on the New York Football Jets in the Meadowlands. I mean, both these teams not doing so hot right now. This isn't exactly the sexiest matchup. It usually never is the sexiest matchup unless it was like, you know, 2008 with Mark Sanchez. But this game will be played and somebody, I guess, has to win. And who is that team, Dominic? If this is the beginning of the season and Cam wasn't, you know, being himself right now, I probably would have gone with the Patriots. Now things have changed and I, I don't do know it. if it's do it. I know you want going, to do it. Going with the Jets. There we go. The Jets will get their first win of the season. Dominic just told you, which means I will go with the New England Patriots. This game, I actually do think there is a decent chance that the Jets do win this game. Uh, then the Thursday night matchup, the Indianapolis Colts take on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, a divisional matchup, AFC South. So this should be a fun game. It is Thursday, so it could be a little wonky. I will go with Tennessee because I have to. Dominic, who are you going to go with? I'll go with Tennessee because I have to as well. Oh, you have to. Okay. All right. That'll do it for Dominic's picks. So and now that we're done with everyone's second favorite segment, that means we get to go into everyone's favorite segment, which is called Mr. X's Questions of the Week. Bum bum. Okay, now get it. Give me one second. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> and I actually do have a question. Is wrestling related so we can save it for when it is that time? Okay. So uh, he says, uh, how Sorry, do you... Mr. X, oh Mr. X and friends. Friend. Just one. So Mr. X and friend. Questions of the week. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't get to plug in the friend to Mr. X's questions of the week. All right, pal? You you make your own jingle for the friend. All right, pal? Jesus. Anyways. Daddy, chill. He says, howdy, y'all. Um, so I, you know, I, you, you might understand this. I probably won't, but it's, um, who da baby Tennessee, who, who day. Yeah. Who day, who day, baby Tennessee, that is, who that is the, uh, rally chant of the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, okay. Learning something new every day, Dominic. Yeah, no, no, it was new information for me. Okay, so that was that. Okay, uh, gotta say congrats to the Reds catcher Tucker Barnhart on Ooh, his look, second. Atta boy, I am. I thought you were gonna butcher the fuck out of that, but you got it. Atta boy. Ooh, hoo, hoo, doggy. Uh, on a second gold glove, also give, um, also give uh -oh. Uh, Bauer that Cy Young now. Uh, I mean, do you think he deserves the Trevor Cy Young? Bauer winning the Cy Young? You you think he is? Let's see. I mean, since I got the uh, laptop in front of me, if you want to meander for a little bit, I could pull up baseball reference. I can see where exactly he is leading in all of the major categories. Well, I'll just read on to the next Quite question. You, you, you can just kind of, you know, stumble in and out. So uh, an account, I, he's, he states, an account I follow on Instagram put out a post suggesting that the Bengals should pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick as a backup to Burrow. Well, the I, wasn't just, I wasn't paying attention to you because I have the numbers in front of me. I have okay. NL pitching leaders. All right, so he is number one in ERA. He is number one in walks and hits per inning. So he's into, he likes to whip and the nene <laughs> or the, uh, the ERA, whipping the ERA. Bam, see what I did there. Uh, and he is also leading in shutouts. 
with two. Not exactly the, the sexiest, but, you know, it's a short season. And if I can kind of scroll down here, there's just so many things. Adjusted ERA, which is the big one because that adjusts for ballparks and everything like that. So Trevor Bauer, very good and not allowing runs, which is kind of a, a good thing for a pitcher. Okay, good to know. So then you're saying he's a shoe in Okay, good, good, good. So uh, back to the account he follows that says they should uh, the Bengals should pick up Fitzpatrick as a backup to Burrow. Um, what are they saying as that if they're building the team for future playoff success? Sorry, I'm a little, I'm exactly. a little tired. A little tired. I, you know, I'm thinking I'm so smart I could read real quick, but you know, I'm fucking retarded. I can't do this kind of stuff. Um, you know. I, and fuck, I don't know why I can I can't read Jesus Christ. So just of what they are saying was that if they're building this team for future playoff success, Fitzpatrick could be a veteran QB with experience who's been there and done that to help Joe. What do you think? I think I understand where they're coming from, but I think in terms of you're going to have to give up something, whether it's like a draft pick, a late round draft pick or a player. I think you can hold off on it. I think you can wait until next season to sign a veteran presence. I don't know the entire uh, depth chart of the QBs over there in Cincinnati, but I would, you know, there's probably some older guy out there that that's shown him the ropes. Like obviously Fitzpatrick is the most seasoned of all veterans because he's been everywhere, man. But uh, yeah, I, I think for like a mid season pickup, I mean, it didn't happen because the trade deadline has come and gone. But uh, I, I think it's a good move to kind of hold off because I think Joe Burrow, he's doing perfectly fine. Him and Justin Herbert are, you know, just right there for the offensive rookie of the year. And uh, yeah, I think veteran presence is always good to have, but I don't think you want to give up too much for it. Okay. Love to see it going on to the, you know, wrestling portion of the questions. So he gets that Mysterio's daughter's 19 and that's a legal name, legal age of consent i guess but i just don't feel right that wwe is using her as a romance angle now with a 32 year old murphy i think just the fact that she's still a teenager is what bothers me how do you feel about this you know um i, I don't really want to comment on it because i'm afraid i'm gonna say something really stupid and backhanded and, or i mean you already or, just said the r word like two minutes ago so you're already canceled but i'm calling myself about myself I'm not saying someone or you or me, you know, or, you know, somebody. I'm saying it was me. Anyways, how do you feel about it, Brandon? Eh, I mean, we kind of speculated and saw it coming and we were like, no, they probably shouldn't do it. It's not a good idea. We understand it's a story and it's not real. But maybe Too damn yeah. bad they did but, it anyways. Yeah, I'm tired of this, Grandpa. <laughs> Too damn bad. Anyways, on to there the next question. Oh. Uh, what can we expect from this forthcoming announcement that AEW video game and the new AEW games subdivision of the company? I think we're going to get an AEW video game hot take. <laughs> Do you think it will be better than 2K20? Well, as someone who stopped purchasing all the WWE games because I uh, wasn't the biggest fan, I hope so. I as long as, you know, it looks like a competent, decent video game, I'll, you know, I'll buy it. I'll take a look at it, play maybe, maybe play it on my new PS5. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's exciting. They've been teasing it for a long while, and I assume that the 
pandemic has definitely put a, a pause on it. And now that they're able to get that thing ramped up again, I'm excited to see maybe summer 2021. We'll see a video game and uh, that should be a lot of fun. The, I, the only thing I can say is I hope they don't, it's not the same developer did that, that made the, uh, the impact one, because I remember I was a kid. I was so obsessed with impact wrestling at the time. It was TNA at the time. Cause you love and, stink. I, I, well, fuck! I love Jeff Hardy. I didn't, I wasn't really into Sting at the time. It was more just Jeff. You know, I bought Jeff Hardy DVD. You know, I was so obsessed with him and everything. But uh, was I remember? No, still in. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I remember going to Hollywood Video and be like, "Oh, mom, I want to rent the game. I want to rent the game. Yeah, yeah." Rented it, and it was fucking so hard to play. And the only person I could play as was Suicide, and I was so pissed off that I couldn't be someone else. So as long as they don't. Was it because developer. you had to unlock everyone, or are you playing a, a demo? No, it was it was the legitimate game, but like it was that was like I didn't I I probably didn't know how to play just a regular like match like like you know in WWE games you can be like it's oh, just I be Dominic being Dominic probably most likely, but it was crap. Anyways, last but not least, could Edge return at some point to continue his never-ending feud with Randy Orton this time for the title? Yes. That's what everyone's kind of speculating. Signs kind of point to that. Uh, I don't think that this feud needs the title. I mean, we've seen it for such a long time that maybe they just added the title because it's something different. Personally, I think you could have should have kept it on Drew, but maybe it's because they don't want to give away Drew and Roman because they want to have that be a big match, whether it be WrestleMania or someone later on down the line. Who exactly knows? But uh yeah, I, th- I think with Randy Orton being the champion thus far or right now, I don't see them taking it off of him quickly, whether it be for Drew, The Miz, or uh, The Fiend. I was going to state that maybe, you know, you could have it for the title. And, you know, if Edges win, great, but that would be a good spot for Miz to cash in. And then you get it on Miz, who can take it all the way to a certain point. Drew can beat The Miz, and then that could, or, you know, or whatever you want to do at the moment. So, but that does it for Mr. X's amazing questions of the week. Always great to hear from him. Number one fan. He's not only our number one fan, but he's my number one fan. So if you want to be my number two fan, but you never know, maybe you bump him out. I don't you know. Mean, you mean he's your number. I mean like you like him. He's your favorite fan. Not he's your, he loves you the most. He's like your fan of you the most. I mean, I'm pretty sure he loves me the most because he emails me. He doesn't go on the curveballs and check shots Instagram and email and you know DMs you. So you know, maybe he does love me more than you. My Don't. number one fan, I guess, would be Joshua underscore underscore Guma fifteen aka Joshua Tanguma. No relation to Brandon Tanguma, but he asks, which match on full gear are you most looking forward to? Hmm. That's a good question. I would probably say, because I'm a nerd and I don't know anything, it would be Kingston and Moxley. Just because I feel like, you know, I'm re- they're ready to rip each other's heads off. So, I do think that is the most well-built matchup. But I think the best match and the match I'm looking forward to the most, I will go with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. I think Young Bucks and FTR might be a little bit too ambitious, and there's also reports out there that Matt Jackson is dealing with a legitimate 
knee injury. So maybe he will be hobbled and that's going to be a big storyline of the match. So I will go with Kenny and Hangman. Now let's just quickly roll through the raw recap. We get the Miz almost cashing in on Randy Orton. We got a, a false finish. Almost gave it to us. But it didn't happen. Uh, kind of more the same here. We get Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, The Fiend, you know, kind of all doing their their own thing. Just kind of circling, I guess, buying time till Survivor Series. I mean, yeah, whatever. Great. Wonderful. I'm I'm kind of not intrigued at the moment with anything really on Raw. It, it's kind of sad. Well, I think it's kind of hard with WWE building to Survivor Series where it's brand versus brand and you don't have everybody on the same brand so they can't really build up matches and also at the same time everyone kind of has their own feud on the brand so they're kind of promoting like two or three different things at one time on every storyline uh firefly funhouse we get uh some more developments which with alexa bliss i mean kind of more showing her character and like what all she's about uh, but you know kind of more the same but it does add a different dimension with the new character the only thing I got to complain about the Alexa Bliss stuff is I'm okay that she's with with the Fiend, but that's the thing. She is with the Fiend most of the time. So now what's going to happen in a year and a half when this whole gimmick and storyline fades away? I mean, is she going to go back to being Alexa Bliss, the goddess, and doing her little, you know, little hand thingy, whatever? Or is she going to have to totally redevelop a character because she aligned with Bray? She has to go into the lake of reincarnation. I mean, I, I, that's the only thing I can think of because what's going to ha- what's, I mean, is she just going to come out and just be normal Alexa bliss again? No, like I definitely, how- I definitely understand where it's coming from. I think with a character like this, if she does have to get away from him, you have to do something like supernatural to where she like snaps out of it to where, whether it's like literally like she snaps out of it and she just like forgets everything and amnesia and whatever, or, she gets possessed and the demon leaves her body or some stupid shit like that, which I would not put past them. And that's what I'm afraid of. It's going to be so it's either going to be something really stupid. That's going to make us go like, God, this is, it's going to, it's going to turn her turn, turn us against her or they're not even going to do anything about it. She's just going to come out one day and be Alexa bliss. And you're like, what the fuck? When did she turn back to normal? You know, she'll be injured and then she'll come back in three months or four months. And we're just going to she's going to be regular Alyssa Bliss. And we're not going to remember because Vince, if Vince doesn't remember, then that means nobody else remembers. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now, it's uh, everyone's favorite time in the podcast where Dominic is to talk about not Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, because Jeff Hardy was in a guitar on a pole match with Elias. It was a goddamn barn burner, wasn't it? Oh, baby. When he hit that guitar solo, a.k.a. hitting that. Punk ass Elias with it. Man, I just screamed. Exactly. We have Braun Strowman will be a part of the Raw men's tag team match after he, for some reason, faced off against his other opponents or his other teammates, beats Sheamus and Keith Lee. Uh, they, there you go. That happened. AJ Styles trying to be the leader. You know, everyone's saying you're not the leader. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. If he's not the leader, then who's the leader? You're the leader. All right, done deal. Uh, maybe WWE. We should, uh, maybe we should have a vote. Oh, the leader is. Maybe that'd be a good idea. Maybe, maybe uh, the Instagram person can do it. Maybe, maybe. Then let's move on to NXT. We start off with Dakota Kai taking on 
Ember Moon and defeating Ember Moon in what will be a trend of the night, a shitty distraction interference finish. Dakota Kai wins with some help from Raquel Gonzalez. You know, Ember Moon and Tony Storm both came in at the same time. Looks like Tony's getting the, the better push right now. Ember Moon taking the loss, so maybe this is just kind of a way to veer her off and have a feud with Kai. But uh, I, I think kind of having the match or having the finish was like, all right, I get it. But then when you do not the same finish, but you have multiple distraction finishes throughout the show, it just kind of added up one after another after another. Do you think they do this most of the time just because they don't know how to call the fucking match? Or do you, or is it legitimately like every match this week is going to be a, you know, a distraction finish? I think this was the worst of WWE bleeding into NXT. AEW, they've, they've kept their word. They never or rarely, rarely ever do a shitty, over-the-top, unbelievable finish. Like, yeah, there might be some interference, but it's not like stupid like all like some of these uh, things we're going to talk about on this show. So for the most part, you know, we don't have double DQs and double countouts and everything like that. But NXT, sometimes they have really good matches with clean finishes, but they also have the typical WWE shitty finish to where we have both of these wrestlers. We don't either one of them to lose, but we need to have one of them to lose. So we're going to have a distraction. Cool. Is this uh, the part of the show where Dominic didn't watch anything? So he's just going to not... Add any analysis. This is part of the show where Dominic starts getting a little tired. He's he's doing his best not to to fall asleep. Well, if you could at least you know keep the mic unmuted so we can hear you snore, so I know that you're actually asleep, not just dead. Or you can keep or well, you can turn your video on so I can but, see the the soul leave your eyes as you fall asleep. Well, <laughs> but if I leave my mic on, then you'll hear the studio audience's phone. Then she'll start snoring, and I'll start snoring. Then we'll both start fart. Well. I'll probably be farting most of the night, but you know, but then the big, then the baby dog Oreo will come up on the bed and sniff my ear. I and believe he's next... called the mascot. Whatever. Fuck you. Wow. Killing all the gimmicks. We get Kushida taking on Cameron Grimes and Kushida gets the win after Cameron Grimes gets spooked by the referee who was a zombie in the haunted house match. So uh, Cameron Grimes, not exactly the character I thought he was going to be. Wish it could be more, but I am getting a kick out of him. But another shitty distraction finish. Well, do you consider that distraction finish? I mean, it, it seems to be more of a, you know. He was distracted because he was scared of the referee. What a pussy. Jeez. Okay, I guess so. Whatever. I would love to see Dominic in a haunted house and see what his reactions would be. He'd probably be just like Cameron Grimes. Flailing, mm. flailing his arms with his long hair blowing in the wind. The last haunted house I remember doing was at Six Flags in Vallejo, and it was for Alex Dunabrigo's birthday. And I remember I we did the maze, and I got so scared I jumped backwards, and I landed on his dad's foot. And his dad was like, "I think you broke my foot." And did you so, break his foot? No, he's just a fucking pussy. So. Mm-hmm. All right, then we get Io Shirai challenges Rhea Ripley to a match. I believe it is a title match. I'm not exactly 100% sure on that, but we get a promo from EO challenging Rhea, and then we get a Rhea promo later on in the show responding to EO's challenge. So we are going to get this match. We've seen it before. Should be good. Oh, that was my cue. Sorry. Yeah, it should be good, but we already know EO is going to win because Rhea's on the, you know, 
on the take. Rhea is on the take. Yeah, on the take of she not taking that title away from. I don't know. I was, going, I was trying to make a funny, but no, Rhea is not going to win. She's going to do different things. Dominic trying to make a funny. Then we get Killian Dane and Drake Maverick taking on Everrise. That gets interrupted by McAfee and his boys called the Kings of NXT. I think that's what they're going with. Uh, McAfee cuts a promo saying that they're going to retire the Undisputed Era, cuts this long promo and talking about their history and you know, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, so your thoughts on the promo segment of it. And then Killian Dane attacks them outside the parking lot and they you know, attack him. Dominic, your thoughts? Well, I will say McAfee on a microphone is annoying yet entertaining. So I'm okay with it. Uh, the boys, the Kings, whatever you want to call them can definitely back up their words or at least pack back up McAfee's words. So I'm not too upset with that, but definitely I I'm starting to come around for to him. You know, Lorkin still isn't my favorite, but you know, you know, they're, the they're grown. What? What? What's the other one? Danny Birch. Okay, 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 I see you. Yeah. Which one's the American and which one's the Britishman? Englishman. Lorkin's the Britishman. Only Lorkin's from Philadelphia. I Fucking believe. damn it. I was so close. I was at a 50% I mean, chance. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say 50% chance, so whichever one you would be either close or really close. Uh, I really enjoyed the aftermath where Killian Dane tried to uh, uh, beat up Pat McAfee, but then the numbers advantage was too much, and then Pete Dunn kicks uh, Killian or kicks the door into Killian Dane's head, and you see McAfee and the other guys reactive, like, bro, that's that was a little bit too much, but we kind of liked it. But we're gonna have to talk a little bit about that. So even like the the heel did something so over the top that even the heels kind of didn't agree with it, but they're not gonna say anything. So I really like that kind of aspect of it of Pete Dunn being kind of the the quiet crazy one. And I really hope that that means that Pete Dunn is going to be like a focal point of NXT going forward. Well, you know, he will. And I definitely think he definitely needs to be a focal point. I don't know if I want him in the title picture, but, you know, we'll go from there. Tell me, don't want Pete Dunn taking on Finn Balor for the championship? Not really, because I'm too afraid that I... Well, Dunn right now is technically a heel. Finn is a pseudo heel, but has faced tendencies. So what would happen? They would have a really good match and Finn Balor would be the babyface. Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, we got another skit. Not with Candice, just Johnny. He is playing, I think he they're playing the game of life with the uh, Scream person. And uh, Johnny loves wheels. Now he was celebrating his whole life revolves around wheels now. So uh, more Johnny Gargano shenanigans that leads into Dominic's probably favorite match of the week. Tony storm taking on Shotzi, but unfortunately his girl Shotzi had to take the L Y because she was distracted by Candice LeRae because she was up on the big screen with her tank. And what happened to her tank, Brandon? Well, Candace jumped into a Hummer with either the same scream person or maybe a different person. We shall find out, but she proceeds to run over the tank with the Hummer. And then Shotzi begins to just cry 
profusely in the middle of the ring like she saw her like child get shot in the head on live television. Whoa. Some people would consider her tank to be her child, which got ran over. So thank you, Brandon, for, you know, not supporting Shotzi in her, in her depressing time of need. I think the tank can be replaced and or fixed. You watch your fucking mouth. I can understand tank being was like, priceless. I can understand being a little angry and being a little emotional, but I think it was a tad bit over the top. Well, Shotzi is over the top, so now you're just insulting her good job action was good finish was bullshit atrocious terrible not only the finish itself but also the fact that Shotzi beat the 10 count Tony was still on the outside and the ref did not continue to count to 10 because Candice was on the jumbotron so uh, there you go uh, then we get Jake Atlas attacking Legado del Fantasma in the parking lot so continuing on that feud, short, sweet, to the point. Dominic, I assume you have so much to talk about this. No, I want this to hurry up because I'm ready to go to sleep. The lights are already off, buddy. We have uh, Thatcher's Thatch. Can we have another segment inside the ring with Timothy Thatcher stretching the young boy? Dominic, I know you got a lot to talk about this, right? What, Thatcher stretching out a boy? Maybe. No, I don't want to get in trouble with the FCC. Yeah, you know me. That, that that's uh DDP. No, that's uh OPP. What is OPP? Other people's poop. All right, Odell. Then we get Zaya Lee wanting to challenge Raquel Gonzalez because a letter said so. It's still better than AEW's women's storylines. And in the main event, we get Tommaso Ciampa defeating Velveteen Dream in a okay, decent match. Velveteen Dream doesn't get his full re-entrance, and then he loses pretty clean. So uh, don't know what to read into that, but Ciampa getting the win. I think that's a nice move going forward. Ciampa, after being a dastardly heel for like a cup of coffee, now he's a babyface, and we just all forget and for, forget and forgive, I guess. But that seems to be their... Forte is, you know, whatever you're great at, you do it. And then as soon as you turn and you can do something else a little bit better, that's what you're stuck doing now. So he was a great face in the beginning, a better heel when he came back from injury. You know, you're kind of, you know, supposed to be the face. So I can see why he's come, you know, came back to be in the face. Now let's move on to AEW. AEW. They are building to their full gear pay-per-view, and they start off with a promo, a little face-off between Jericho and MJF. More of the same going back and forth. That leads into MJF and Wardlow defeating Sammy Guevara and Ortiz. Thought this way a good start to the show. I thought Sammy showed some good babyface tendencies, so maybe we're going to see that on the horizon. But it also was sprinkled in with him attacking Matt Hardy so Sammy kind of being a baby face in the match, but when it comes to storytelling outside the rink, he had to be a heel, but uh, overall good match. MJF gets the win here. Do you, when is this whole Warlow thing gonna, gonna like trickle down? You think, is it going to be at full gear? Do you think we're going to still see him by MJF side for the time being? I think we're going to see it for the time being. We got a lot of storylines going on right now. And I think we're going to see 
some big time moments, whether it's a turn or whatnot. And I don't think you want to just jam pack it all on one show. Just, you know, let it breathe. You don't have to do everything on one show, bro. All right, keep going. We're almost home. No, we're just, no, we're not almost home. We have so much more to talk about, including Kenny Omega and Hangman Page with their own individual sit-down interviews. Kenny kind of being over the top and being a heel. Going and Hangman Page going back to the alcohol. Uh, Dominic, uh, your thoughts on the interviews and kind of how they were portrayed and what this means going into full gear. Only thing that matters is that Hangman Page had a beer in his hand. He did not I have mean, a beer. He had a whiskey. And he was like really playing up the drunk aspect of his character. Yeah, I know, man. I drink so much whiskey now. I understand how drunk he can get. But what's your favorite whiskey things- besides uh, Jack Daniels and Jim Beam? Uh, probably uh, uh, Jack Beam. You know, pretty good, pretty good stuff. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, I mean, it was it was fine. Uh, I think uh, the Kenny stuff kind of made more sense and kind of I understood where they were going with it. Hangman, you know, they going back to the alcohol. I don't know if that's exactly the most baby facious thing to do because when it came to like stone cold drinking beer, it wasn't like it was a part of his character, but it didn't like affect him. Like he drank beer and that was that he wasn't like an emotional drunk like hangman pages sometimes. Then uh, we get the young bucks defeating private party in a match. FTR comes out at the end to attack the bucks. Kenny and page make the save we get a little bit of a stare down so some more tension so some more uh story building for their match brandon do you honestly think the young bucks are the best tech in the world still or would you give it to ftr now well we have to find out a full gear because whoever wins will be the best tag team in the world right mm, negative Okay, then we get the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley segment. They were unable to attack each other because if they did, the match at Full Gear will be called off. And I thought this was just absolutely phenomenal. Maybe the best thing in wrestling this week. I love the promos. I mean, both these guys going back and forth, you know, Moxley getting under Eddie Kingston's skin and then the line at the end where Kingston was uh, talking to Moxley earlier in the promo saying that he made a promise to his mom that he was going to win the title. And then Moxley at the end shutting up the heel saying, it's a a shame that you're going to have to, you know, break a promise to your mom because you ain't winning this title. So I thought it was just fantastic all the way around. And that's the thing with both Moxley and Kingston. I mean, I'm, I can tell you, I didn't know much about Kingston ex- until he went to impact and even impact in, in impact. I still wasn't a fan, but the one thing I could say is he could deliver a promo. So I think these two delivering the promo kind of knocked it out of the park. Kind of, you know, as long as I, I would say they can deliver a decent match, then this whole feud has been great. Yeah. I'm not expecting too much in ring wise. I think the, Kenny Page FTR Young Bucks match that'll definitely be the more traditional great match but I think this is definitely more storyline driven it's gonna be a brawl it's gonna be fantastic then uh, we get a Pac promo I thought maybe this was gonna be in the ring in Jacksonville but it was a pre-taped vignette just kind of how all of us are in quarantine at the moment just you know taking quiet long walks alone and cooped up in our house having like 10 different voices in our heads just waiting for whenever we can get out. 
when you said long walks, I was like, bitch, you don't go on long walks. You stay home all day. I was like, and then you said long walks in the house. So, I mean, I, I said long walks alone. I mean, you are alone. Dominic, I went to the gym all five days this week. First time since the pandemic started. And how sore are you? I'm not actually that sore. The only thing that's sore is my legs. Mainly my ass. My ass is real sore right now. <laughs> I bet you you are. Okay. In the, I guess you can say main event, but the final match of the show, Cody and the Gun Club, Austin and Billy Gum, defeat the Dark Order. Uh, I mean, match itself was fine, but this was definitely a con- conduit. Conduit? Con- conduit. Two. A Cody promo where he was talking to Darby Allen. Darby had a, one of his other vignettes early on in the show. And Cody just kind of saying like, yeah, you know, you might not be the uh, face of TNT or the prototypical face, but they still would want you and blah, 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 blah. And I'm the ace and yeah, everything like that. See, but when I hear that, I definitely feel that this is where you're going to get a Cody. Well, can you say Cody Rhodes now? I mean, he won his name back, so I can say Cody Rhodes, right? You can always say Cody Rhodes. He just can't say Cody Rhodes, but now he can. But you can't just put I it on a T-shirt or on a graphic, I guess. I don't know how that works. Well, whatever. But I feel like this is the way for them to finally get Cody to this become is the a way? heel. Oh, my God. This is the way to get Cody to turn heel. Mandalorian Basically. podcast coming soon? Oh, fuck you. Have you seen The Mandalorian? No. Damn, Dominic, you missing out. I know, but this is the way to get Cody to turn heel on Darby. Darby to it's a great show. You really should watch it. Oh my god, fuck you! I'm going to sleep. Sasha Banks is going to be on season two. I haven't seen her yet. Haven't watched uh, episode two. Should be fantastic. Episode two? Yeah, we're in season two episode or episode two of season two released today. Haven't seen it yet. Okay, I'm going to bed. Good night. No, because we have to preview full gear on the. Buy-in, kickoff show, whatever the hell they call it. We got Serena Deeb taking on Allison K and defending the NWA Women's Championship. That match should be fine. Not expecting a whole hell of a lot, but uh, I will say Serena Deeb retains. And I'll go with Allison K because I think she is the better wrestler. And now on to a match that either should be on the pre-show or just not on the show at all. Orange Cassidy takes on John Silver. Uh, this is probably going to be very comedic, kind of more old school Orange Cassidy. Should be fun for what it is, but uh, if the show in its entirety goes like three and a half hours, four hours, then this definitely should not be on the show. Sorry, I, I was talking. I forgot to hit the mute mic. Uh, unmute me. Um, I honestly, I I like comedic matches, but I don't. I don't care for him as much as I used to. So I do agree with you. If this shows him to run four hours, you don't need this match at all. Then we have Matt Hardy taking on Sammy Guevara in a elite deletion match. They haven't really been building it up too much. So I don't exactly know what this means per se, but uh, Dominic, who do you think wins this match and what will this match be? It's going to be Hardy. I don't know what the match will be, but I'm going to go with Hardy just because I feel like, you know, it's Matt motherfucking Hardy. Respect. And I will go with Sammy Guevara. I think he's going to be a 
an important part of this Chris Jericho MJF feud. So I think giving him the win and possibly leading that into him being turning baby face, maybe Matt Hardy shows him some respect. MJ or Sammy Guevara shows Matt Hardy some respect, and that can be like a little bit of a predecessor to him turning baby face. And then we got the number one contender or the finals of the Eliminator tournament, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. As I said, I think this is the match I'm looking forward to the most. I'm expecting a big angle, mainly a Kenny Omega full-fledged heel turn. I think the real question is, does this happen during the match that leads to a Kenny Omega win, or does this happen after the fact, after Kenny Omega loses? It's going to be after the fact when Hangman is standing there after a hot fart victory. He's going like, oh my God. A hard fart victory? Oh, fall through the week. And he's standing there going, yeah, yeah. And Kenny's going to V-trigger him in the back of the fucking dome. And he's going to one-wing angel him through the fucking table. And then that's going to be that. Wait a minute. So Hangman Page is going to one-wing angel Kenny through the table? Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean, man. God, dude. You, I mean, I you don't know, know what you, you mean. Said, you said Indianapolis Colts beat the Colts. You called the Baltimore Ravens Orioles. You yeah, I said that, you know, jokingly because I fucked up with the Colts. You fuck up on everything. You fuck up. Man, words hurt. I'm very emotional right now. Oh, I feel bad. I guess I'll just hang up now. Wow. What an asshole. Uh, I will go with Kenny Omega to get the win here. I think I'm saying John Moxley gets the win. I think having Moxley and Omega, a freshly turned Omega going into whether it's on Dynamite or at Revolution in January, I think that could be a whole Hell of a lot of fun. Then we get Chris Jericho taking on MJF. And if MJF wins, he will be in the inner circle. Uh, I think this is another one of those matches where we could see a big angle. Match itself might not be the best, but uh, what do you think happens here? I want to say that this is going to be the turning point for the inner circle. I think MJF will win, and it will have to do with Chris Jericho maybe kind of losing grip of it. And this is where you kind of, you know, can have the the I guess inner circle having problems on the inside. So I'm gonna go with MJF to win here, Dominic. Do you think it's going to be a straight up MJF wins and inner circle turns on Jericho? Or does MJF win and then that kind of leads into some shenanigans for a few weeks and then we get the big angle? Um I I yeah I can I can see that happening totally. What is that? I asked you two different scenarios. To be honest with you, I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy trying to get my my allergy pill. Um, I'll go with it happens in a few weeks. Okay. Uh, The AEW Women's Championship, Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida. This match was seemingly kind of thrown together. Not a whole lot of storyline behind it. We had Vicky Guerrero kind of talking some shit to Brandy Rhodes and Hikaru Shida. Don't know if that means Brandy gets involved or whatnot, but uh, I'm hoping Shida continues her title reign. I think, I mean, she hasn't been doing too much, but I think her being the champion has definitely elevated and we've seen better matches and better women, a better women's division since she's been champion. I wouldn't say better, but definitely you know, not as bad as it used to be. So Which don't, don't it would be it's better if it was. What's it? No, 
no, no, no. You literally just said it was better than it used to be. But it's still not good. I didn't say it was good. I just said it was better. You can get a, a D, which is better than F. That's still not good. Or a C. Whatever. I'll go with Kirishita. And now, Dominic, what is the main event of Full Gear? Will it be the World Tag Team title match or the AEW World Championship? It will be the Tag Team, uh, no, the World Championship. So in the semi-main event, the Young Bucks challenge for those AEW World Tag Team Championships against the champions FTR. And if the Young Bucks do not win, they cannot challenge for the tag titles ever again. Very similar to the Cody Rhodes dilemma that he was at at Full Gear last year. So are we going to get two acts with the same stipulation or do the Young Bucks pull it out and get the victory? I think you'll give the Young Bucks the victory because I feel like they deserve it a little bit more so i said earlier that there's news that matt jackson is legit working with like some pretty severe knee injuries like a slightly torn mcl and like a thinning acl so i don't exactly know how long he can go without completely snapping his knee so i'm just saying i I don't know if you want to put all that uh emphasis on him and make ask him to do more than he probably should be doing but I think with them putting this stipulation on it kind of leads them in the direction of winning. But I will go with FTR because why the fuck not? I mean, I, I can see FTR winning and being like, look, you know, you're you're clearly hurt. We're not going to hold it against you. We'll give you a rematch. Oh, you think that's... FTR are nice, upstanding guys like that? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Nice to see that you can see the, the best in people, Dominic. You're a nice guy. You're an asshole. Can we just finish this up, please? Well, in the presumed main event, Eddie Kingston takes on John Moxley in an I quit match for the AEW World Championship. Dominic, I know you said you were looking forward to this match the most. Who walks away with the most coveted prize in AEW? Uh, I'm almost like Chris Jericho. Go with John Moxley. And I will go with John Moxley as well. Not expecting a whole hell of a lot from this match. It's going to be some brawling. I think it will be interesting to see how AEW tackles this stipulation because I'm not the biggest fan of the I quit last man standing matches because I think it does kind of hurt the flow of the match. And we just did see a pretty good I quit match at a Hell in a Cell with Jay and Roman. So it's going to be fun. And maybe John has some uh, little competitive nature in him to kind of one-up his his boy over there in the uh, – I was almost going to say the big leagues, but then that's kind of demeaning to AEW, and then I couldn't think of a demeaning word for WWE. So, yeah, there you go. Hell of a way to end the show. Wonderful. Because, you know, I fuck up on everything because I'm a, I'm a fuck You're up. You're a fucking fuck up. You were born a fuck up. That's it? Yeah, I mean, I got to exile to the bathroom, so. It sounds like it. Why? Because you're making too much noise and the studio audience has to fall asleep? Yeah. Because she's had such a long day. What has the studio audience done today? No clue. Hmm. You have any uh, lasting words for the studio audience because she's not going to hear this? I love you. You're the oh. best thing in my life. That's so nice. So sweet. When's the uh, wedding, Dominic? Whenever you can officiate it. Hmm. 
So if I just kind of Google whatever, we can do it this weekend. Sure. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Curveballs and Cherry Shots wedding coming soon. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to get my ass beat. Anyways, that'll do it for us for today. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Dominic, thank you for actually doing an entire show for the first time in three weeks. It, it was nice having you here, buddy. Maybe we can continue this trend and do it next week. Maybe. We'll see. We shall see. So thank you all very much. Uh, don't exactly know what we're going to be doing. I'll be on the other podcast doing a recap of Full Gear on Saturday. Maybe we do a recap of everyone. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Hmm? But well, I mean, you'll see me tomorrow night because you know I got gifts and champagne. Oh, I have some socks waiting for me. Maybe. But what kind maybe, of socks? I'll never maybe, know. Maybe it's a speedo. You never know. Maybe it is a Boffman speedo. Definitely. All right. Goodbye and good night. Uh, bye. Fuck down, try. Fuck down, try. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. I like white folks, but I don't like you. All the niggas in the hood wanna fight you. Surprise the nation of Islam ain't tried to find you. Have a rally out LA. No, sir. Home of the riding King Ride, we don't give a fuck. Black students, ejected from your rally. What? I'm ready to go right now, your racist ass did too much. I'm about to turn Black Panther. Don't let Donald Trump win, that nigga cancer. He too rich, he ain't got the answers. He can't make decisions for this country, he gon' crash us. No, we can't be a slave for him. He got me appreciating nobody way more. Hey, Donald, and they ain't one that follows. You gave us your reason to be president, but we hate you. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. I don't like your yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. Nigga in my trip and let me know I thought all that Donald Trump bullshit was a joke Know what they say when rich niggas go broke Look, Reagan's so cold Obama's so hope Donald Trump spent his trust for money on the vote I'm from a place where you probably can't go Speaking for some people that you probably ain't know This pressure built up and it's probably gonna blow And if we say go, then they probably gonna go You vote Trump, then you probably all dope and if you like me, then you probably ain't know. And if you been in jail, you can probably still vote. If we let this nigga win, we gon' probably feel broke. You build walls, we gon' probably dig holes. And if your ass do it, fuck Donald Trump. Fuck you. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Hold up, hold up, I got yeah. something to say, hold up. We the youth, we the people of this country. We got a voice too. We will be seen, and we will be heard. Hold up, I fuck with Mexicans, got a plug with Mexicans. When a little need a switch, who I call Mexican. This comedy central ass nigga come be the president. Hold up, nip, tell the world how you fuck with Mexicans. It wouldn't be the USA without Mexicans. And if it's time to team up, shit, let's begin. 
White people feel the same as my next to camp. Let this nigga win, God bless the kids. God bless the kids, this nigga wicked and weird. When me and Nipple ain't, that's bloods and crips. When your LA rally, we gon' crash your shit. Fuck down, try. Fuck down, try. Yeah, nigga, fuck down, try. Yeah, yeah, fuck down, try. Yeah, fuck down, try. Yeah, fuck down, try. Yeah, nigga, fuck down, try. Yeah, yeah, fuck down, try.